Greetings, this is Bob Ponderelli, co-host with Mike Sherrick of Into the Gap Radio, which airs Saturday afternoons at 1 o'clock Central on 1590 AM and 95.9 FM Chicago. This is the podcast version of our show where you'll get highlights of our most recent episode. We also do an Into the Gap unfiltered podcast, and I'll have more details about that later in the episode. Okay, let's get started. Here's my co-host, Mike Sherrick. Welcome. It's Saturday. We're here. Into the Gap. we got a great guest. Adam Galad, is he on, Andy, or Adam, you there? Yes. Adam, say hi. Hello. There hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, I had, man. I had to shout all the way from California. Yeah, I know. Adam Adam is in L.A. In Beverly Hills, actually, right? Is that where you're at? No, I wish. Oh. I, thought... <laughs> I, I, live, in the, I live up in the hills. Uh, it's a place called Topanga Canyon. It oh. burns from time to time. It burns from now to Topanga Canyon. Well, welcome, man. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. And cool. uh, we're going to talk about men and masculinity in a second, third, and fourth uh, quarter of the show but in the beginning we got to go to our our, our standard beginning documentations yeah. of existing conditions what do you right. have for us buddy well you know the here's what i want to start this show on <laughs> my side of the uh, aisle here for now as far as the documentation of existing conditions is is that i i came to the conclusion earlier this week mike that for our listeners you know look at yourselves in the mirror not while you're driving but look <laughs> at yourselves in the mirror look to your immediate vicinity and consider that Mike and I, the sound of our voices, and Adam now may be your only link with objective reality for the next hour or so. That That's is, what I'm that making so, a bold. That is so interesting because in my notes yeah. I have really mm-hmm. dealing with subjective and objective reality. Yeah. And how subjective reality yeah. is, it's real, right. but it's not real for everyone. Right. Like, you know. And how we're not dealing with it very well, like very responsible. Right. So cool. So with respect to the news, my comment on the news is the taste of absurdity is sweet. <laughs> uh, starting with, this is, I'm going to a mouthwatering climax later, but I mean, this one is. Uh, the, the, is that the Hillary and Chelsea Clinton story? No, this one is, this know. one is the, how the war on meat threatens your health and freedom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it actually is just insane. This guy, uh, if you believe this hyperbole, I'm taking out clips because we don't have sure. time, obviously. So Michael Mansfield, one of the UK's foremost barristers, claims that eating meat could be banned like smoking. And he called for the offensive ecocide to be introduced to prosecute those who damage nature on a na- massive scale. So, in other words, potentially later on, if you eat meat, mm-hmm. you could be damaging the ecosystem on a massive scale and perhaps even brought up on some kind of charge. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, ominously, Mansfield argues, it's time for a new law on ecocide to go alongside genocide and the other crimes against humanity. In other words, Mansfield, this is the article saying this, sure. but I mean, it's not that far off. He's just on power with Nazi war criminals and Pol Pot. I, I don't disagree <laughs> with that necessarily. And when I say the, um, and then it goes on, it gets really kind of permutated, which is kind of cool. So, so it's, you know, the basic argument is, hey, you know, people are all different. Everyone needs a different degree of protein. Right. And some people are actually, they should be eating meat. Right. Like some people should eat there, more meat. There was actually a report out this week you know, from a doctor that said eating meat is actually yeah. healthy for you and good for you. Right. Yeah. And then it, it, I got a question, Bob. So when yeah. you have the little vegan hipsters, right? Yeah. Um, and they have their pet cats. What do they feed their cats? Meat. Exactly. Yeah. So let's, come on, let's be real about this. Right. right? And then, and there's a line in here I just thought was really yeah. sweet. Uh, it says, there is no such thing as a quote-unquote normal individual. Well, 
I mean, oh there's no god. surprises there. Oh my god! So now we're arguing with science and in, in natural distribution and normal distribution, yes. right? Yes. So there is no normal. Yes. Well, I beg to differ. Right. Okay. So right. here, here is the another one. It's under the heading of the taste of absurdity is yeah. sweet. Get ready for this, people. An iPhone user is suing Apple after claiming that an app on his phone <laughs> turned him gay. I heard that. Did you hear that? That was awesome. It's unbelievable. <laughs> that was awesome. And listen to this. It gets into detail. Which, which app? In a complaint published Our listeners on, are going to want to know. In a which, compl- which app? Which, which app? I, I don't know. It doesn't say. Oh, it's a, oh, God, no, it's, it's an iPhone, period. It yeah. turned him gay. Okay. It's called and it Glory says, Hole. What, what? I think it's called Glory Hole. So in a in a complaint in a complaint published on Wednesday, yeah. Zumalov, this is the guy's Russian guy, says yeah. he he received sixty nine gay coins in a cryptocurrency payment app he downloaded <laughs> to his phone. Then he says, "I can say after the passage of two months that I am mired in intimacy with a member of my own sex and can't get out." As, should I be reading that in detail? Or? I don't know. You know that, what I mean? A, like, <laughs> where do you run with that one? <laughs> oh my god! You know, so all right. Could so, it possibly be he was on. gay before and he didn't know it? Could that have happened? I don't know. Here's a yeah, I think. Here's <laughs> here's another one that is also parent. This is a German parenting magazine yeah. called. Oh, this has got to be good. Baby, what is it? Parent and baby, or something like that. Yeah. It says that uh, that the. Uh, uh, that the magazine or, or that you, you should baby and family magazine mm-hmm. told readers to be aware of families who are inconspicuous and cheerful as these are warning signs that indicate <laughs> they may be right wing and thus dangerous. Okay. So yeah. it says that, uh, <laughs> illustrations featuring solely blonde women and children, mm-hmm. uh, that people should take action and report them as right wing families. Okay. Now this is from 2016. I've heard this and seen this article before. Yeah. But I thought in this context of this, you know, the uh, let's call it the bittersweet taste of absurdity uh, um, that, you know, you just can't make this stuff up. Yeah. And it just says, you know, again, this is I'd like to ask you, Mike, isn't this like a magazine? Uh, in other words, saying something like this, isn't this another form of like victim culture in some way? Well, of course. I mean, you know, one of the, the great gifts we've got from the last. 15 years is that victimization is the new black, you know? And what's great about being a victim is you don't have to be responsible for anything. Right. So if you're the victim, right, you're a victim and and, then people will support you. So if I'm subjected to imagery, yeah, I'm subjected to imagery Uh that recalls, Uh I don't know, was it how many years are we from world war two? 70 imagery that recalls posters Mm -hmm. Or like blonde Almost men, 80. blonde yeah. men with a protruding jaw. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I should be now. You know, well, that's that's the whole thing. That's one of my notes I got here. You know, it, like it's been a and really. You're blonde and you have blue eyes. I'm blonde, steely blue, blue eyes, eyes, steely blue eyes. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm clearly a member of the Aryan right. race. But um, <laughs> you've got a tattoo on your left arm that's I, got like a, a crucifix it's, on it's it. Means really. I'm Irish Catholic. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, it's 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 one of the fascinating things that I've, I've this whole week has been just a. a challenging, difficult, and expansive week. And one of the things I've realized is that because someone gets triggered, right, or yeah. gets whatever, you know, trigger, trigger's a great word because it means amygdala hijacked, doesn't mean you're actually unsafe. Right. You know? Yet what we're meaning in this new subjective reality, mm-hmm. this victim culture that we have, if someone gets triggered, they want the environment to no longer trigger them anymore. 
Right. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to mute everything. But here's the other thing. Yeah. The other thing is, and I really I find this somewhat reprehensible, yeah. is that there are people out in our listening audience mm -hmm. that are going to equate our take on this issue mm -hmm. as a form of far right thinking. In other <laughs> words, are you? Oh, so you must be conservative. And as I said before, and I'm going to keep repeating this, by the way. Yeah. How close are we? to having the term personal responsibility occur as a political red flag of some kind. You know, like that, that well, flags you as, oh, so well, you think you're personally responsible, do you? How about our meeting Monday? So just a, some back, background. We were in the meeting here at the radio station. There's this smart talk radio thing they're doing. It's a national platform, mm -hmm. and it looks like we're going to be part of it. It's yeah. not fully done yet, so we're going to be going national probably in a month or so, mm -hmm. and which nice. is pretty exciting, right? Absolutely. Is. And so... Yeah, so what happened is we're talking, and, and what it is, that the intention of Smart Talk Radio is to be right down the middle. And I said, well, that's who we are. We're right down the middle. And the guy who was running it says, actually, you guys are a little bit to the right. Yeah. And it's because right. of the thing you just pointed to. Yeah. Being personally responsible. And, and I said that to him, and he said, he looked at me like, yeah, that's probably that's right. what's That's probably what it is, yeah. Yeah. So being personally responsible is actually a right-wing expression. And this is a person, by the way, if I may say so, he yeah. doesn't strike me as being either right or no. left. No, he's, he's smacked like, down the middle. Right, and he's yeah. just like, I could see that it's yeah. happening, yeah. which is, yeah. you know, wow. I don't know. I, I, so, I wow, how, how things have changed. Tends. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny because I don't think I've changed that much in 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I was like a super hippie. So <laughs> it's pretty weird, man. Right. I'm thinking I'm constant, and all of a sudden the world's changing. That's kind of bizarre. So, so. let me just put a couple of things, because this article yeah. is really fascinating. It yeah. says- We got about a minute. It says, first of all, right-wing- Listen, this is unbelievable. Right-wing families are nice and dedicated. I know, it's bad. <laughs> right-wing families are nice and dedicated. Okay. I know. So does the left-wing family undedicated and- Not nice? Not nice. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm trying to understand, and yeah. uh, so part of the show is. I, I think it's for marketing pr purposes. Mining yeah. for critical. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty wacky. Critical observations like this. So uh, whatever. You got anything else? Okay. You know. I, know, I think these ten minutes you guys just made me gay. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, do you have an Apple app my, that would make you gay? We're gonna we're gonna have to come out with that. Our we're worst, gonna have to, our worst fears. Uh, that Mike an and app, I are uh, an app that turns people gay. They yeah. say that we're influencers. We so are influencers. We, so yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> we're supposed to be. Influencers. All right, welcome, Adam. We've got Adam Galad as our uh, as our guest on today. You're as our partner in ripping a hole in the space time of subjective <laughs> reality. <laughs> I touch that hole. Yeah. Okay. Um, welcome aboard, man. Thank you so much. You guys are crack up. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're we're being called a lot of things, but yeah. <laughs> idiots is usually on the top of it. But really, the what we're here for, really, what we're here for, and it's it's maybe we do At least really we think we're here. We for. think we're here for is we're really here to transform the relationship and the conversation around men. You know, we've yeah. the last. What well, Adam? What are you like? Fifty years old? Maybe fifty-ish. Yeah, fifty-ish. Yeah. Okay. Okay, heavy on the ish. Okay, you're good. good. You're you look good. good, man. Fifty-eight. Fifty. Oh, good. Oh, so you're yeah. closer to us than we thought. Yeah, Bob's yeah. sixty. I'm sixty-four. Well, so yeah. yeah, we're all white guys, right? And um, being an old white guy today is not like you mentioned before the show is not a popular position. It's kind of you're walking around and you've kind of been identified as a problem, right, wrong, or indifferent, right? It's, well, it becomes a term of dismissal in the same way that you know being black. I'm sure in the past or being exactly, Jewish or being it's gay no or different. Else. Yeah. It's just a term of dismissal. It's just a way for people to organize the world. Exactly. Wrongly. 
Exactly. Yeah, and of course, then you miss the individual. Yeah. So I have a question, Adam. Your background, your you have come from the planet Earth. <laughs> we know that much. These days, I don't know. <laughs> I come from the New York Mets. Um, yeah, grew up in New York. Uh, never bought into the system as a little kid. Just just didn't buy it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of took off at like fifteen to travel. Uh, this is before the internet, so I went to a lot of universities around the world. Lived in different countries. Um, came back. I really wanted to be a writer all my life. Did a stint on Wall Street. Did a stint in music industry. Uh, did a stint building houses, which has done me well. Cool. And, nice. Um, with my hands, not financing them. Yeah. And um, and then then did my graduate work over at Stanford on how do we create meaning out of the stuff of the world, which is exactly what you guys are talking about. Because yeah. I had been living in Jerusalem for two years. So I was at grad school there, and you know it's really demoralizing to be in a place where. Everyone's looking at the same information, but everyone has a totally different take on what's real. I know, isn't that? Well, that that's exactly what we're we're talking about. And, and we've got to change that. It's all going to be the same from here forward. No, yeah, exactly. I think the real power is, is is in getting and understanding why the information occurs differently. But just just so you know, Bob's background is is building and architecture, and I'm a yeah. former contractor turned coach. I know, I know. Yeah, so I love so, the happiest year of my life. By the way, I quit Wall Street, which I hated. Yeah. Actually, I quit the music industry, moved up to Woodstock, New York and uh built houses for a year overlooking the river like from foundation to roof listening yeah, cool. to hold on it was uh bono it was the joshua tree summer oh wow those, okay yeah. just listening to that music overlooking the hudson river that's awesome probably the happiest year of my life yeah yeah <laughs> i think there's such a awesome. joy yeah. in construction in building something you know well you, you know it's there's a great segue here to what I really want to talk about, which yeah. is about men. Yeah. You know, what, what happened is since then, of course, I've, I've been, I've written a lot of books on men, uh, men and women relationships. I've coached thousands of men. Yeah. Um, and my whole brand is something called the bold life brotherhood, you know, the yeah. bold man advantage. Like, hmm. Because what I saw was that men who aren't in action, and that's the segue, hmm. when you're doing something, you can actually learn. It's the, when Absolutely. you sit back and just criticize and complain and whine or uh, opine, you know, you're not really growing as a man and you've got to get in, you know, you know, the great quote from Teddy Roosevelt about getting into the arena. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Men grow when they take action. So Absolutely. My whole, yeah, my whole work has with men has been getting them into action. One of the things that, and, and I've used it with Bob all the time and it's really interesting. Uh, Bob and I have a coaching relationship. Oh, besides the ball peen hammer? The ball, well, the ball peen hammer is right. a different thing. That's just a, saying. That's just an exclamation point. That, is, that the, is that the bar you guys go to? Oh, welcome to yeah. the ball peen hammer. Predator. We use, uh, I often use construction analogies to point to ontological yeah. issues, right? And, it's a and great tool, actually. It, it, yeah, opinion, yeah, because it, it's three-dimensional and it's clear, like you know? I like this guy. Oh, this guy's an idiot. He's hilarious. Yeah, like He's like absolutely hilarious. But yeah, so so that's what we're doing. So cool. So uh, yeah, so so this, I, I'd love to get your take on what is the state of masculinity today? <laughs> well, you know, it's a funny thing. I always say, like, there's actually no such thing as masculinity. Have you ever banged your head on a masculinity? You know, you know, maybe not the best term, but have you ever like walked into a man? Is, is there a thing? There's no, there's no thing called masculinity. It's just a social construct, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what you said before is really true. It has changed. You know, yeah. the, the construct changes and it's Absolutely. very complex right now because yeah. there's so many factors. You know, when I was, uh, you know, I, I would, I would say I'm center left, uh-huh. but when I was in grad school, I did not feel that way because I used to call, I used to say that there was a holy trinity of race, class, gender. Like everything had to be seen through race, class, gender. And I yeah. said, you know, there's other stuff in the world besides race, class, gender. There's other yeah. perspectives. 
Um, so when you look at a term like masculinity, there's so many ways to look at it. Yeah. Um, so I always kind of take a step and laugh a little at it because there's no thing there. There's nothing actually commonly agreed that is quote unquote masculine. Um, there are some common qualities that I think we look at as masculine socially and you know, yeah. built culturally, you know, the masculine is penetrative. The masculine is protective. The masculine um, is, is the, is the giver and the feminine is the receiver. You know, the, those, yeah. those exist. I, I, you know what? My question was really bad though. So yeah. What I really meant was, um, it, it seems like to me, and this is just, this is my own subjective reality. It seems yeah. to me that anything that resembles the traditional male archetype okay, right. is identified as either being bad or toxic or a problem or something like that. Mm. And I, I'm not sure it's the truth. And I'm also not sure it's not the truth. But it's it. What it's done is created a sense of confusion for a lot yes. of young men, right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. and I think and also this. You talk about social construct. You know, most young men, because of the changes in family structure, yeah, and schools and schools, probably don't have a guy, a dude, yeah. a man. It's true. That's influencing, right? It's true. So. Yeah. As a guy starts going and growing up and trying to identify what's, who is he, right? Asking that question, because I think there's no more important work it's a man has to do or a woman has to do than to actually be in relationship with themselves yeah. it is when they start doing that, start looking like, who am I? Right. That question becomes really foggy. Excellent. I agree hundred okay. percent. So I, that, love, I so, love how you frame that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, the people use the term man up, you know, and, and I always back off that one. I that that was the title of my TED talk, by the way. So thanks. And my friend Bedros Quillian, you should have him as a guest. He wrote a book called Man Up. And yeah. I understand it. I get yeah. it. I get it. But, but the, before you man up, human in, that's what I always say first. Yeah. First, like work on your humanity as a human being, as yeah. a kind, generous, yeah. open hearted, yeah. someone with. Who, who can, you know, has all the virtues that we talk about, traditional mm -hmm. and, and new, but first establish yourself as a human. Then you get to decide how you want to play the masculine, feminine, you know, yeah. um, what do you call, uh, spectrum, right? Because yeah. we all come out of different parts. You know, um, some guys are just naturally, naturally, I have two sons, right? Yeah. So one came out, he's a warrior. Yeah. He's a warrior. Yep. He's a brawler. That's the, the thing he loved to do was brawl as a kid. Yep. The other kid came out quiet, and he's a scholar and he ended mm -hmm. up being like a data scientist and jazz musician. You know, they're yeah. totally different. Yeah. So we're born with different traditional, so untraditional masculine qualities. And uh, honestly, I, I've, I've worked with enough guys over time. I think you have too. And yeah. I can hear from how you say it. You've got to respect where people are on oh. their part of the spectrum. Absolutely. And, and everyone's different. And there's no, there's no one, you know, identity of the masculine. So I, that's why I'm, if you can tell, I'm kind of backing off that, you know, what's the state of masculinity? It's no. in flux. Yeah. It, it's a, it's like you, you mentioned like the word God, you know, pretty useless word. It means a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah. Masculine means a lot of things to a lot of people. Some people immediately go to physical. Some people go to social responsibility. Some people go to economic power. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a, it's a messy word. Yeah. Go ahead. Mark. Right, well, I was going to ask, are you familiar with the work of Rollo Tomasi? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we we Rollo is one of our guys. Yeah, we, yeah. We, so he's on our show a lot. Yeah, we've so. interviewed him a couple of times now and read his book and so forth, and look forward to more of his other books. And uh, his approach 
to this question of masculinity seems to be that we're, um, while not wanting to get hung up on the terminology, right? Right. It's like, it's almost like, let's take even the word masculine out of it. Are we generating our, are we generating who we are for ourselves and others, ourselves, or are we, uh, or, or, or what is the degree to which we take on a role that someone else has set up for us? And, of course, that's well, Tomasi's argument. Well, this is the, just the struggle of all individuation. I mean, this is the question about my all my work has been. It's called the bold life brotherhood, right? Yeah. It's like you've got to be bold in facing down all your acculturation, right? All the programming right. that you've got as a kid. Most of us are walking around. If you talk to sort of most psychologists or the best ones, most of us are just pre-programmed over the first five, 10 years of our five years of our lives. Yeah. And we're just living out programs anyway. And you have to be Absolutely. really fierce and bold to, to really examine all your assumptions. Yeah. Hey, you have to you do know? things that obviously put you at risk. Say again? I, I, I would oh, assume, yeah, I would assume that most of those things, these bold thing, every bold thing has a risk associated with it. Right? Yes. And that's fun. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, being alive. that's fun. A little painful. Sometimes, uh, you know, you sweat a little extra, you know, just standing there without moving, you're sweating, but yeah. you know, well, Adam, you know uh, so what I'm, I'm, what I'm hearing you say, Adam is, is this whole process, this whole discovery is the word that, that I use and we use here a little bit, like three or four times every show is really the, the journey to authenticity. And it begins with like, I love how you put it as far as getting to the human being. You know, like understanding who you are and in having and in having who you are be the source of the authentic expression and that authentic expression. Like you said, for your one son's a warrior, your other son's an intellectual and a, and a scientist and a jazz musician. And it just allows and, and there's seven billion of us. And so there's seven billion different expressions of that. So the, the, the challenge that I'm seeing is, is what both you and Bob are po- pointing to is the programming. And what we've also learned, and, and this is where you know Rollo comes in, is guys are pretty adaptable, yeah. and, and they will adapt to their environment, yeah, regardless like, regardless if it's true to them or not. And that's that's the part that just irritates the living. Right. It's like letting your puppy poop in the corner, and then oh, you do it again and again. And yeah. Before you know it, you go. And, and that's the part is 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 wrestling with that. Yeah that adaptive behavior just because it's comfortable or because oh, you yeah. get what you want, you know, we oh, got yeah. about, you know, another way the, the poop analogy is a nice one, Bob. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. the, it always works. Was, <laughs> the one I was thinking was it's more like, it's like putting on armor. It's like putting on shells. Yes. The, the, the shell you could put on could be like, Oh look, I'm a woke feminist, you know, yeah. guy. So you know? Adam, hold, hold that note. Cause we're going to have to take a break, but I want to go right after that, that male feminism thing. Okay. I'm going to throw a grenade in the room called Gramsci. <laughs> okay. Gramsci. Bob Pontarelli here, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll have more Into the Gap episode highlights after a short break. Into the Gap is on a quest for bringing self-knowledge right up against the glass of the great display window of life. We're also on a quest for advertisers to support this podcast, our weekly radio show, and our unfiltered podcast. If you'd like to get more information and inquire about rates, please contact me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. 
Greetings, this is Bob Pontarelli of Into the Gap, and we're really psyched to have the High PSI company sponsoring our show. High PSI was founded in 1976 and provides the industrial cleaning industry's finest pressure washers and cleaners. They also represent brands like Hotsey, Alcoda, and Aladdin, as well as single operator fleet wash systems. You can access their services and a very competent, dedicated staff through their website at highpsi.com, or just give them a call at 800-666-3900. This is Bob Pontarelli of Into the Gap, and there's a great store I recently discovered out in Melrose Park. It's called Suburban Sporting Goods. Whether it's for home protection, life safety, law enforcement, or just for sport, Suburban Sporting Goods has been serving the firearm community for over 72 years. They also maintain a state-of-the-art gunsmith shop backed by a lifetime of experience. So the next time you're thinking about quality in firearms, think Suburban Sporting Goods. They're at 2306 West North Avenue in Melrose Park. Find them online at SuburbanSportingGoods.com. This is Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our radio show, which airs every Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where we power wash the dingleberries of negativity hiding out in all those deep blue ripples that too often slow us down and keep us down. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Our latest episodes are also available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and our website, intothegapmedia.com. Okay, back to the show now. Here's Mike. Bob, what were you talking about, Gramsci? Well, I, I, I was talking about Antonio Gramsci, and the reason I brought it up is because of these assumptions that we discussed earlier and this whole idea of, uh, you know, like he was like one of the forefathers of social engineering in the 20th century and collectivist, uh, particularly collectivist uh, kind of social engineering. Uh, whereby, you know, individualism was like not good, individualism bad, collectivism good, you know, uh, thinking for thinking for yourself, uh, dangerous, uh, depending on the state, good, you know, and this kind of thing. And I think that in this context that we saw earlier uh, regarding Rollo's work and how men assume the feminist uh, ideal, let's say, or the feminist mystique, and then we go about our lives as men kind of worried as to whether or not we're making women happy in a sense and it sounds it's very hard to discuss this because i think i'd probably just pulled off something just now like somebody's going to want to beat me now but anyway <laughs> you, you see where i'm going with all this is and by the way i might as well tell you i'm like on the conspiracy side mike is on the bob knock it off there's you know can't be that bad but i'm saying it is that bad, you know <laughs> so anyway just saying want to know what you think about that <laughs> we're in a time of huge change right um, what I was saying was not so much, a, it wasn't so much a point about men being feminist, which is fine. I mean, there's another word like God, like what does feminist mean? All right. Yeah. So there's four mm-hmm. generations of feminism last count, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but, but what I was saying was that we put on to be socially accepted, we put on different shells and different masks to try to fit in yeah. at different parts of our lives. And we, and so I don't care about that part. I mean, my whole, you know, what I teach with my men is, you know, find your unique individual voice and f- and live it (laughs) and live it. Mm. Right. Because all your social engineering is totally random. You know, if you grew up in Texas, Friday night lights, if you grew up in New York city, Greenwich village, you know, you're going to have different, you know, ideas of what men are supposed to be, but it's just Mm. your local social junk. You know, it's, it's not right. It's not true. Find your own voice and as much as possible, pay as little attention to the social pressures. I mean, it's the only way to me, sorry, Antonio Gramsci, that's where happiness is. What's the biggest hindrance to finding your own voice in your view? Um, 
well, fear, you know, it's, um, mm-hmm. look, we're, we are collectivist creatures on some level. We're tribal people, you mm-hmm. know, our brains operate. I mean, some of my favorite new learning that I've done in about neuropsychology that we literally use a different part of our brain when we're face to face with people, because our brain tells us, Oh, this is someone in my tribe. He's safe, which mm-hmm. is why you never text with your woman or business partners, anything sensitive, because you're literally using a different part of your brain, literally, not figuratively, actually huh. your enemy on guard, you know, fight or flight part of your brain. If you can't see a face you're using a different part of your brain, mm. right? So I'm, um, Wow. I lost my track. Well, no, you well, that's, t- no, that explains why a lot explains a lot. Actually, Why yeah. people go weird on emails, right? People will say they things don't. on emails. They yes. would never say to your face or the internet, right? Yeah. Or cars in LA <laughs> car or, to car or Facebook, right? People say stuff yeah. on Facebook that is just ridiculous. Horrible, horrible, horrible things. If you're a public figure, uh, you get trolled viciously. Yeah. And by the way, women get especially, they maybe they take it harder, but women, I know a lot of journalists, you know, they get trolled viciously online hmm. um, because people will say things because you're not face to face. So, so that, that's, that's actually a bigger issue right now. Yeah. You know, beyond masculine hmm. feminine is this whole depersonalization going on yeah. where people feel they can crap on people from a distance and there's no impact and there is an impact. There's a huge where, impact. Where depersonalization is turning this person or into something else. It's like dehumanizing them. Is that a form yeah, of it? Absolutely. Yeah. And dehumanizing them. And, and as someone who taught Holocaust history, yeah. you know, I know where that goes and you guys know where that goes. Well, no, yeah. it, like you have, like you have to, to be able to create an atrocity. There's always an, an entry step and it's the dehumanization of the target. Right. So you, you can't, you can't go create uh, an atrocity with people you know. You've got to, you've got to dehumanize them. You've got to right. label them. You've got to make them. And 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 Adam, that's that's my concern with men today, right? Yeah. The, the the media, places like CNN and MSNBC, are actually dehumanizing men. At least my experience mm. of it is, adult, mm. especially adult white men, and. What that does, that, that then it there creates the narrative of the patriarchy and all this other stuff that, no. I, that I think is just, it, A, it's not accurate. It, it's not what's really going on. And I well, think again, that's the that's, biggest that's problem. That's another one of those damn words. That yeah. It means <laughs> different things to do. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, be human being first with each other. Yeah. Let, let, me say, let me say something quickly about that. Um, yeah. You know, you and I said something before we got on, which I think is really important for everyone to remember, to, to freaking calm down, Yeah. Um, which is that... Um, you know, historically, economically, men have more power. Yeah. However, a lot of individual men do not have much power right now. Right. So there's that whole disjunction. So when you when we talk in these generalities about, yeah. you know, masculinity, patriarchy, guys hear that word and they say, well, I don't have any power. I can't even pay my bills. And I'm paying out, you know, $20,000 a month out here in, in alimony and, and my kids won't talk to me and I lost my job. And, you know, guys don't necessarily feel empowered. So when we talk in abstractions, it's really messy. Um, yeah. I, I, I was just reminded of something great uh, from your neck of the woods. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut yeah. mm. had a book called Slapstick, and it had a huge impact on me when I was young. Mm. And in it, it's, it's a post-nuclear sort of thing where this giant eight-foot gorilla is the president of the United States. And he lives in Christ. <laughs> and here's how they solve world problems. Ready? So everyone gets a name. Everyone gets a color. Everyone gets a flower. Everyone gets a number. So you might be, you know, uh, Mike purple 17 butterfly sheriff, right? Yeah. Now you're related to all the butterflies and all the 17s and all the purples. So the idea was to interlock people across 
um, multiple self-definitions and identities so that we don't get caught into this, I'm right-wing, I'm a Democrat, I'm a feminist, all this bull, where we reduce the glory and expansiveness of being a human being to some stupid one definition. Anyway, Kurt yeah. Vonnegut. No, no, I love for Kurt Vonnegut. I mean, it was, yeah. I, that was that, teenage that, that years. That we reduce ourselves yeah. in these arguments, these binary arguments to yeah. use another popular well, word. Well, I, I, think, I think that's what, I think that's what's going on is we're so influenced. Well, first of all, we're so isolated as human beings yeah. because of technology, right? Everyone's got one of these and one of these and one of these. And, and you know, nobody goes anywhere without their device. And it, I, I always freak oh, out. One when of I, these. No, oh, yeah. Sorry. I always, I always freak out when I go to a restaurant and that's I see horrible. four people at a restaurant table. Oh, that's, on, it is terrible. Isn't that hilarious? It's really bad. Or families. That's what's even worse. Well, it, well, it's like, usually, you yeah. know, where you got parents and kids sitting together and all staring at their phones like, it's oh. It's unbelievable. And I think you have to be at a certain age to really appreciate how creepy that is. Because if you're younger, it's just like part of your the water you're swimming in. You know, if you're our age, you tend to look at that and go, "Wow, I said, how often but, do I do that?" You know. But what I what I've seen is because of this this social media, and then the other media, the the you know the webs and the internet and the cable news and all the other versions of media, it's all because it's mass. Mm-hmm. It's very generalized. And so they make these wide range assumptions and these wide range proclamations. Yeah. I, I want to go back to something, Adam, that you said a few minutes ago. And that is, you kind of said, who cares that, you know, you when you're a kid, you know, you turn up the rock and there's an ant colony there. And, you know, before you turned up the rock, the ants were going in and out and they're doing their little business. All of a sudden you lift the rock up and they're like, ah, they're like you know, going all over the place and they're losing their productivity and they're losing their little ant mines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I heard you say earlier is, is that all this extraneous stuff that we tend to bring up uh, as people who are like, uh, I don't know, asking questions or like, you know, whatever, postulating on things, all the, in a certain sense, if we can develop this art form of not giving a, you know yeah. what, about what somebody thinks of us, it's like that's liberating at a certain level, is it not? Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's also, and it's interesting. It's all, and I've learned this through people I've dated. Um, it's also a matter of privilege. You know, we get to do that because we have choice because we grew up in America. But but wait, and, hold what? on. So choice you're saying you're saying privilege. that it's you're saying that because we can choose, we're privileged. Well, the people in the third world, I've been, I spent a lot of time running around the third world. You oh. know, they did trying to eat. They, yeah. they don't get to go and create their lives the way we get to. They don't have the resources. Right. Um, so we actually do. We're lucky. And by the way, I don't use privilege as a necessarily negative term. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I'd much rather be here than in a you know muddy village in the Ukraine, although Ukraine's gotten nicer. Um, but you know, we actually we have choice in this country. And it is a historically, it is an amazing gift that yeah. we have choice to create our lives the way yeah. we want them to. Yeah. Um, we don't take most people don't take advantage of it. Yeah. Because we kind of flow along to get along. You know, one of my favorite teachers is Brene Brown. You guys yeah, got to know. Absolutely. Right? And she has this great yeah. distinction, which I love, which is the difference between fitting in and belonging. You know what? You... Right here, yep. the note huh? says fit in, belong, right? And it's You uh, had that? Oh, yeah. I had that in. in yeah, because you, you had mentioned fitting in a couple of times. And I wanted oh, to wow. That. I thought you drew a picture of Brene Brown when I was talking. No, I, like, I don't think she, I love her and I don't think she's that cute, right? <laughs> she's adorable in her way, right? Yeah, exactly. She's adorable in her own little adorable, Texas girl adorable. way. Yeah. But she says, yeah, so when we fit in, so you wrote it down. So if yeah. we, when we try to fit in, we it's kind of like squeezing a, you know, a Rolls Royce into a mini parking space. You yeah. know, we try to squeeze ourselves into other people's world. Whereas if we live as if 
to belong. Yeah. That's where we naturally can be ourselves. You use the word authentic. Yeah. We can be authentic in the moment, by the way. I don't believe it's an authentic over time. I think authentic is in the moment. Yeah. Um, and and we can actually live at peace and be ourselves instead of trying to jam ourselves into all these stupid damn definitions yeah. that everyone's trying to foist on us all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know? And, and I think that gets into the not giving the blank, right? Uh, that you're talking about. You have to on some level. I mean, will you lose people? Yes. Will you yeah. lose friends and family? Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, for every benefit, there's a cost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was something I wanted to bring up, but I just lost my train. Of well, yeah, so thank you. in this area of like, there's no easy way to, to cultivate a sense of like, okay, today I'm not going to care what anybody says <laughs> or thinks of me. I'm going to go out and I'm going to wear these crazy pants or whatever the heck it is yep. and so on and so on down the line. Um, in the coaching context, how do you get somebody into their new pair of pants that they're uncomfortable wearing? And, you know, I love your analogies. <laughs> <laughs> I love your metaphors. <laughs> you know, like that's what I do. I'm a tailor. Uh, <laughs> an well, ontological tailor. It's a great question. It's really a great question because I've been teaching men now for 15 years. You know, mm-hmm. I started out just teaching them how to use language to, you know, speak in a way that women actually respond to them. Yeah. Um, but what I have, I have something called the Bold Life Brotherhood. And I'm training men around the world to lead men's groups, actually, going back to mentorship, to lead men's groups. And here's the key. The men's groups are, you know, there's the usual check-in, check-in for the week. What do you need help with? The second half is a curriculum of life skills. And it's built around kind of these games and exercises where you're given the exercise to figure out on kind of a little mini hero's journey. Like, what's my story? What did I grow up with? You know, where do I stand around this issue? It might be Mm. setting boundaries. Then it's after getting awareness, it's what are your strengths? And then it's facing your biggest dragon, your biggest fear. And then choosing a bold action that week to address the thing that's holding you back. So it's like accretive. It's week by week by week. It's Adam, a really cool program. We're, we're going to have to take, we're going to have to take a break. We'll get into it when we come back from our break. Okay. You're listening to into the gap, the podcast where we bring you highlights of our weekly radio show, which airs Saturdays at one o'clock central time on WCGO AM and FM Evanston, Chicago. We also recently introduced the Into the Gap Unfiltered podcast, where leadership, lifelong learning, and critical thinking are leveraged in the service of freedom and liberty. Find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. The latest episodes of that podcast, and this one too, are available on SoundCloud at Into the Gap Media and on our website, intothegapmedia.com. If you'd like to get in touch with questions, comments, or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, please email me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. Let's go back to the show now. Here's my partner, Mike Sherrick. So we were talking, and I want to get into your your program a little bit because it really sounds powerful. You know, one of the things you were talking about, about choice and and the privilege of it, what what I actually think it is, is is choice is ultimately the expression. If If you really have the ability to choose, you actually have you actually are in a condition of freedom. Yes. Right? And I think that's one of the things, that's behind what's really, like, one of the things that's, that, that I found is really uh, powerful is to have something that gives you being and meaning and, and purpose that's beyond you, right? That, that kind of is a, a sense of purpose, a sense of idea, right? Um, Ultimately. And, and, and I think every, every great leader has that, that they have that thing that's, that gives them being in action that's something greater than them, right? And, and I think for Bob and I, you know, like one of the things for the show is really a stand for freedom 
and, and it's not political. It's it's individual freedom. Right. There's that movie Life is Beautiful, and it's such a great expression of this guy in a concentration camp, and he's completely free, right? There are constraints, but it's freedom of choice, and it's freedom inside your head. That's what that's what this show is really about. So thanks for bringing that up. I meant to bring that up in the last segment because it was the, the whole idea of choice, is to, to, to me at least, is equated to freedom, and that's really what this is about. And, and dovetailing on that that Mike and I were discussing on the break is uh, men and women acting powerfully in partnership in other words with a minimal amount of conflict they make really bad slaves <laughs> they make okay. bad That's slaves yeah yeah so we got to stop that now <laughs> stop them being bad <laughs> slaves or we need good slaves now oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah but i want to go back you were you were getting into to the things that you teach in your your bold uh, like brotherhood. Yeah. Your bold life brotherhood. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to hear more about that. That sounds really. Uh... Yeah. So like, you know, so I, I, I got started teaching men back way back. I wrote a book on uh, communication because I got single for the first time at 39. Notice I didn't say I got divorced. My self-definition was I got single. Yeah. I got married very young mm-hmm. and, uh, and I didn't know how to do anything. I'd never flirted. I'd never, you know, I was yeah. a family guy yeah. and uh, I had You're to a mensch. Out. What? You were a mensch. Yes. Right? It's been, it's been said by some people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's been countered by some others, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, subjective yeah, so reality. Yeah. Myself and and I started writing these books, and then I started teaching, and and over the years, what I've come to see: fifteen years of teaching men and women, by the way, mm-hmm. but for men particularly, yeah. that the the word that came down was boldness, boldness, yeah. boldness, boldness. Like yeah. you've got to um, get into number one, as I said, get into action, but to really take risks around your internal life, face your own crap, your own shadow, yep. your own past. Yep. You know, I've had to do it several times and to make really clean, bold decisions and to, to plant your flag where you want to go and then walk that way. Yeah. You know, so it's one thing to teach it and I've taught it and I've done weekends and I've taught in Europe and all this kind of stuff. But what was missing was what you said earlier, mentorship, yep. brotherhood. So what, instead of me spouting on a stage somewhere, I'm now training men all around the world. Norway, we got Saudi Arabia last night, my first teacher in Saudi Arabia to lead men's groups that get guys into action according to what that individual wants. Like right. I said earlier, I don't have mm-hmm. a definition of what it is to be a good man for you, right. but you do. Yeah. And you're probably not living it because you're probably got your mother and father and teachers and sisters and ex-girlfriends voices in your head. And you're trying to and smooch something to get a thing. A certain. You're trying to smooch something to get a thing a certain way because you think you have to generate this one particular result, right? Exactly. So yeah. I get guys Clarity, yeah, clarity, clarity, clarity. What's your hero's journey in this life? What do you for the next period, right? Because it's going to yeah. change for the mm-hmm. next five to ten years. Where do you really want to go? And then how do you ratchet your life week by week by making bold, one bold decision a week yep. in the direction you want to go? And then have a brotherhood of guys to help you. So we've created these groups around the world, and it's really exciting. You know, it's really fun because yeah. guys actually change. You know, yeah. and they can get the, the 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 circles are designed through these exercises to, so you can hear your own voice. Yeah. Right. Your actual voice instead of the voices of all these people in your head. Yeah. And, and, you know, and what's so awesome about that is especially what do guys do? They go to school and then mm-hmm. they, they go get a job mm-hmm. and then they want to make it in the job. Right. Yeah. And then they learn the mantra of that particular organization mm-hmm. and then they lose themselves and they sell their soul and they they work yeah. inside it. And and what I found, even if you're somewhat of a maverick and you've got an idea and you're inside the organization and you could generate a result. They'll let you exist for a while, but even after you start generating a result, they want you to, you know, they'll bring you back in, you know? And yep. so it's difficult to be 
that bold guy yep. inside an organization for any period of time. Yep. And, it's and kind of like Bob said, I, I didn't quite get his point about men and women getting along, but if you believe you don't have choice, that's how you become a good slave. Right. What, what he's so, talking about with men and women getting along is, and one of the things we're, we're really like, we're not anti-women here, you know? We actually no, love women. They're very soft and cuddly. Yeah, they're they're awesome. And it and and I actually believe that the way this is all going to work out is to us to actually be in real partnership with them. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I say soft and cuddly, they're also wise and intuitive and yeah. often smarter than us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, my experience of women is they can see things far broader. I, I I'm really good if I can focus on one thing, I'm pretty good at like boom, I can do that. Women can see all the peripheral and, you know, Mike's not, I get mass generalization, but, sure. but in that, that, that bringing together of the broad view with the focus together, I mean, it's pretty bad. I mean, it could, it can make things really work well. And yeah, and it's complimentary. And, and I think that's what's missing as opposed to being oppositional. I would, I, you know, my commitment is that we become complimentary. Yes. I and, love that. We're, we're very much in agreement. It's funny, yeah. you know, when I got into this, dating, teaching dating skills and all this, people talk about the battle of the sexes and I'm very into reframing. Yeah. So like, I didn't get divorced. I got single. I go, it's not a battle. It's a dance. Yeah. Like this is actually the fun part of life. Yeah. You yeah. know, and when you dance, somebody leads, somebody, you know, somebody receives, somebody follows and you can switch and you can play and you can dance side by side, but it's a dance. It's not a battle. And yeah. the problem I think that you guys have really put your finger on is that in the wider culture, it, you know, it's better media advertising of everything's a battle. Left yeah, wing, well, right wing, masculine, feminine. Well, ugh. if everything is informed by fear, yeah, everything's got to be a battle or confrontational or angry or, or isolation, right? Right. And it's also it, more interesting. Mm-hmm. Let me just say something from a film writing perspective. Yeah. You know, I've written a lot of films, mm-hmm. uh, Emmy nominated, yay, and all That's this right. stuff. You, you do a science but, um, fiction, so there's always wars going on and stuff. Right? What, what was your, what what was your Emmy nomination for? Just say, what was your Emmy nomination for? Oh, it was a movie I did about uh, a teacher named Ron Clark down in oh, yeah. uh, he's in atlanta it was after 9 11 disney called me in and said we need a hero story so we brought in 88 stories he said no to all of them wow. the gym and saw him on a talk show and drove down through him in a van and literally drove him back to disney that day cool. but um he's wonderful he has these schools for inner city kids yeah. it's quite cool but um what i wanted to say was that drama is is fun it's interesting yeah you know it's we like to watch movies you yeah. don't have an opposition if you don't have a battle whether it's emotional or physical, yeah. it's not interesting to watch. Right. So we're asking to create a culture of humans that are enlightened and kind and generous. And it's all important, but there's a certain boring aspect to it. Yeah. If we don't get to have opposition and conflict and, and it's, it's just baked into who we are. Well, Adam, thank you so much. We're going to have to wrap this up in a little bit. Okay. And I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity. If people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of you or to reach out to your Bold Life Brotherhood or to do this stuff? Yeah, look me up. Facebook's probably the best thing right now. The Brotherhood page is down today, I'm just looking at. Okay. Um, reach out to me on Facebook, Adam Gilad. Look up the Bold Life Brotherhood. We've got circles all around the world. Um, we just started a few months ago cool. and we're growing. It's really fun. Um, so, or adamgilad.com, as I said. Uh, any of the common ways, just find me. I'm out there. Cool, man. Is it like a, uh, is it a website interface that you have, or is it kind of like a, you know, like a, uh, yeah. a website, like a, almost like a Facebook kind of a thing for men, or how do you? Or do they come together in person? Huh? Yeah, go to go to the Facebook. The Bold Life Tribe is probably okay. the best way to find me. The Bold okay, Life cool. Tribe. Okay, on cool. Facebook. Hey That's Adam, we- it has been a freaking riot having you here today, man. Oh, it's been fun. You guys are awesome. We would Thank we you. would like to uh, have you come back. I don't know when. I, I've got to look at my calendar. But would you be open to that? Like in an hour. No, no, like in a few weeks, like in a few weeks. 
Yeah, you know, sure, of course. Man. That'd be awesome, man. No, it's really it's been fun. a joy. It's been fun. It's been great. It's been uh, it's been really interesting and informative. So I really, really appreciate you uh, being here. Uh, you guys are super thoughtful and interesting. So I've really enjoyed it myself. So nice to meet you. Please allow us to thank you for listening to this show, as we are only too aware that your support makes it possible. 